you kind of feel inadequate because people don't really believe you you know the amount of people who said to me oh well everybody gets tired you know and how do you respond to that I just gave up and I stopped seeing people Welcome to the Journey Into Podcast, a series of inspiring stories from the yoga community. Episode 7, Creating Safe Havens. I feel like I've lived in London my whole life. It's actually been nearly 27 years that I've been living in the UK um, and for the majority of that in London. But I was actually born in France, in Paris, and for the first 10 years of my life, I lived between France and Russia. My mother is Russian and my father is Italian, so I'm a sort of mixture of those two cultures, but then you can throw the French culture in as well, as I was born there and lived there until I was about four, um, at which point we moved to Russia. And I attended French school, so the the French thread continued throughout. Um, the reason I attended French school, perhaps, and not Russian school, was because during that time, it was the 80s, um, it was the kind of end of the communist era, the start of the perestroika, the end and the death of the Soviet Union. Um, it was a very interesting time from, from what I can remember at least, um, it shaped a lot of my personality, I would say, um, a lot of how I see the world and a mixture of that kind of scaremongering authoritarian culture mixed in with that beautiful uh, art and ballet, classical music, literature, um, the, you know, that Russia has to offer. So it's quite an interesting, jarring mix, you could say, that has shaped me to, to what I am today. Minus 27 degrees, you know, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's like anymore. But I remember walking out and taking a breath in and all of my nostrils just uh, freezing up and, um, and just literally being shocked by taking that breath in of how how cold it is, how piercing it is. And sometimes that's also a reflection of Russian culture and the Russian experience that I had. Um, whilst, you know, the, the apartment that we lived in was a safe haven and we had everything that we could wish for, when you looked out of the window, you saw a different story. I had to go to school with bodyguards at the time because of everything that was going on in Russia. We lived really centrally and there was um, a fire, well it wasn't a fire, it was a bombing of the of the White House and I remember seeing that really well, like from our window we were so close to the White House. We could see smoke coming out of all those little windows. The kind of juxtaposition between the safe haven at home to what was going on externally was was quite jarring and quite fear-inducing, I would say, and quite hard for a, an eight-year-old to process. I had a very rich cultural upbringing and I'm really grateful for that. I think I was about four or five, maybe, and my grandmother took me to the 
большой theater, the большой. And we went to see Swan Lake. And I actually had uh, nits at the time. So I don't know why we went out, but we did. And I was sat with my grandma and I was leaning my head onto her shoulder as I was watching these beautiful ballerinas jumping around, dancing around. And um, at the same time, my grandma told me that she felt one of my little knits jump from my shoulder to her shoulder. So I remember that moment really well. I was 10 in 1994 when I came to the UK. It was the first time I'd ever been to the UK and it wasn't for a visit. It was for me to go to boarding school. I had my big sister by my side. But as um, a Piscean who is quite emotional in nature, um, I did find it really tough and I, I think I would classify it as a form of trauma in the sense that I have erased a lot of it from my memory, particularly the first three months. When I think back to it, I know I cried a lot at the beginning and I was, you know, asking for my mom and wanting to leave um, and then three months sort of went by and suddenly when I think of it it's like I didn't speak English and then in three months time I'm fluently speaking English and I have friends and I'm in the school play. I was at boarding school from the age of 10 to 18 so quite a long time actually uh, you know going from communist Russia to green fields of uh, those perfect English green fields with the cows and the sheep rolling and uh, it was quite a contrast. If you're enjoying the Journey Into podcast, don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes and if you're really enjoying our series, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. The reason I came across yoga was because I developed uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and after desperately trying to find my way back to the before, the how I used to be, to heal and to essentially not accept but try and just go back to how things were, I wanted to recover quickly. I was trying all the things that I used to do. So I would go back to the gym and then I would try and do high impact sports and I would try going out to see my friends and I would try to socialize. And I just felt like I was failing in all of those aspects. And it was my sister who said, look, literally 30 seconds from you, there's a yoga class in the evening. You don't have to travel there. It's all floor based it's you're not going to be in pain or because there's no sort of you know high impact involved just try it I was quite close-minded about it I probably had this association that a lot of people have about yoga with um you know hippies and uh lots of sage burning and rituals and people lying around and you know it wasn't my thing at the time I was um, a very sort of type a personality 
I was doing kickboxing, um, I had a personal trainer, I liked lifting weights. Yoga didn't feature in, in my life at, at, at that moment in time. And then I went, I went on my own without her and I came out feeling like a, a little bit of weight had been lifted, a bit of grief had been lifted. And it's like I could take another breath of fresh air for the first time in a long time. And that was the beginning. I believe that yoga comes to people when they are ready to receive yoga. And that's not to say that everybody needs yoga. That's definitely not the case. For some people, it doesn't resonate. And you could be the most incredible, gifted teacher with a huge following and a huge community and then somebody will take your class and it's just not going to resonate for them and that's fine it's magic really um i don't think there's a way to to verbally explain or language it it's just something that happens so i had this this virus um in my throat and I took antibiotics, which I don't like to do, but as it was necessary at the time, I I went ahead and did that. But instead of getting better, I felt worse. Um, and I remember feeling extremely exhausted and heavy and tired and in pain, mus- muscular pain. So I thought, oh, okay, I must have the flu now. Um, and then I didn't have the flu. And then I thought, oh, well, I must have something wrong with my bloods. And I had the tests and there was nothing wrong with my bloods. So then I went through a process of elimination, as they call it, where you get tested for everything. And this takes a very long time and it's very exhausting because you're already exhausted and you have to go to the doctors and explain. And unfortunately, with chronic fatigue, um, not many GPs, I'm not saying all of them, but not many of them necessarily give it the weight that I believe they should. Often people think that it's just hysteria. They don't think of it as a serious medical condition. It wasn't until the 50s that the first case of of chronic fatigue was diagnosed um, in, in the UK at the Royal Free Hospital. But it wasn't until 2000 and something, I think 2002, that the chief medical officer actually acknowledged that it was a serious condition. So that's a really long time. And, you know, and that was 2002. And that 20 years later, or 18 years later, people still don't know about it. And people who have chronic fatigue often carry this sense of shame because um, you kind of feel inadequate because people don't really believe you, you know. The amount of people who said to me, oh, well, everybody gets tired, you know, and how do you respond to that when you're like, yeah, okay, I, I guess I'm tired, and then you're sleeping, but you don't feel rested, and you become hypersensitive to everything, particularly noise and um, light. So you go out, which I, I did, I tried, I tried to go out and meet some friends and I had to leave because it was just so intense, the the noise in the restaurant. I remember that's all I could hear and the 
bright kind of lights that were reflecting off um, different surfaces made me feel really unwell. And after a, a while of being that Taipei personality of trying and trying and trying, I just gave up and I stopped seeing people. I think it was Desika Cha that said, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Um, I find for me personally, the most healing elements of it for my heart, for my, my throat, for my mind is actually a very simple breathing techniques, particularly during the chronic fatigue. I was in a constant state of sort of fight or flight because you're not actually allowing your body to ever to ever come down into that resting state. So slowing down my breath, sort of retraining my breathing was was the first thing. And that was what I experienced in that first yoga class. I don't remember doing any asana poses there. Using positive words, precious words that come from the heart. So the one that I have worked with for years and always come back to is I, re I replace fear with faith. I replace fear with faith I replace fear with faith and I just repeat that over and over and I believe that that helps me genuinely move out of a place of fear fear that I've had my whole life I guess from the experiences that I've talked about into being a place of faith and trusting that you know my body's all right and my mind's all right and everything's going to be okay in the end After that first yoga class and having a moment of magic and a moment of feeling good as opposed to feeling that sense of that looming sense of fear, um, I started to go to that class more regularly and I started to notice a difference in my mental outlook. And I think that's when things started to change for me very gradually with chronic fatigue. One of the ways to, to manage it is to introduce gradual movement or exercise. So it's graded. And that's exactly what I did without the help of a doctor or anything like that. But I, I started to gradually do a little bit more yoga, a little bit more, um, not dynamic postures necessarily, but maybe holding um, something floor-based for a bit longer. And, and that's how I rebuilt my strength alongside other things. It wasn't just yoga. I also had acupuncture once a week, which was incredibly helpful um, and also an incredible Thai massage um, woman who became my teacher, Kira Balaskas. She really helped me with release releasing that trauma that was held in the body um through Thai massage so it was a combination of this acupuncture body work and yoga that made me really interested in the power of the holistic system and it's kind of been like a pact between myself um and myself <laughs> that um, my way of saying thanks and of giving back for the healing that I experienced was to train as a yoga teacher and to share those tools. 
the safe havens that popped up throughout my life in different homes, different forms, through different people, I think yoga creates that safe haven that isn't necessarily attached to a physical person. It's not attached to a physicality or a location. Um, and that's what makes it even more unique for me because it can be something that that is mine and that I can access at any point um, in time. Sometimes you, you don't have a yoga mat, but you can create that safe haven on your 21 hour bus journey simply by tuning into your body and breathing. So it's bringing that safe haven inside you. Thank you for listening to the Journey Into podcast. For more content from today's teacher, follow us on Instagram at journey.into or visit our website at journeyinto.com.